0: Minnesota Congresswoman and absolutely terrible person, Ilhan Omar, says it's time we dismantled police departments so we can, quote, reimagine public safety. In a speech made before the demons of hell as they waited with bated fiery breath for the moment when they would be set free to drag her into the pit of eternal flames, Congresswoman Omar said, quote, it is absolutely intolerable that racist police can arrest someone just because she married her own brother in an attempt to give him fraudulent citizenship. Not that that ever happened. I'm just saying if it did happen and someone was arrested for doing that, it would be intolerable for that particular congresswoman, unquote. Congresswoman Omar said she was planning to meet with other thoroughly disgusting human beings to discuss new ways of envisioning law enforcement without such outdated qualities as law or enforcement. Congresswoman Omar told the gathering of maggots crawling over the body of a human sacrifice, quote, I believe in neighborhood peacekeeping groups comprised of young men who not only protect anyone who pays them a weekly fee and unmarked bills placed in brown paper bags, but will also deliver needed pharmaceuticals from the finest laboratories in Mexico, which would also provide jobs for naked American women who will lace the product with baking soda and occasionally bleach, unquote. Congressman Omar was, uh, Congresswoman Omar was joined in her drive to eliminate policing by a large collection of college-aged white women who were part of a movement to help normalize the inability to reason. As spokeswoman Tiffany Stupid screamed at the top of her lungs, quote, I am sick and tired of having the ability to call the police anytime I just happen to be raped and beaten within an inch of my life. Women in marginalized communities can't do that, or if they can, I would like to live there, unquote. Other proposals to reimagine public safety include burning the city of Minneapolis to the ground and praying for the return of Jesus as soon, <laughs> as, soon as churches reopen. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Klavan, and this is The Andrew Klavan Show. I the hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are ringing, also singing, hunky dunky Dipsy, Dipsy, topsy the world is a zing it's a wonderful day, hooray, hooray, it makes me want to sing, oh, hooray, hooray. All right, we are here again laughing our way through the fall of the Republic. Uh, we are thankful to all of you who are subscribing to the Andrew Klavan YouTube channel. Very important for us, really helpful, and we're watching your comments there. We've got one from Moore Raj who asked, is Jeremy Boring going to sacrifice the person who gets the least subscription between you and Knowles? Blink twice for yes. Now, I, we, it's an open policy. Uh, if I get more subscriptions than Knowles, Knowles does become a human sacrifice, but if Knowles gets more subscriptions, Knowles Becomes a Human Sacrifice. Don't blame me, Jeremy, as the God King. He makes the rules. Uh, You all know the leftist playbook, Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste. It's time to find out if conservatives have the intelligence and wherewithal to pull a page from that book. For years now, I've been talking to you about the disaster that is our news media. It's corrupt, it's infested with leftism, and it has lost the purpose of its calling in a miasma of half-baked academic theories with no basis in morality or science or fact. Now, that problem has reached a tipping point, a crisis, and the question is, are we going to talk about it, or are we going to do what the corrupt media is always saying we do, namely pounce? Two major left-wing editors have been forced out of their jobs by young social justice staffers because they allowed a diverse opinion to appear in their op-ed pages. James Bennett resigned from the New York Times, a former newspaper, because he allowed Senator Tom Cotton to voice the majority opinion that the military should be called out when governors fail to control rioting. At the Philadelphia Inquirer, another leftist, Stan Wischnowski, was forced out because he ran a piece by an architecture critic saying that gutting buildings hurt the city. The headline, Buildings Matter Too, was too much for young snowflake staffers to tolerate. Both men groveled and apologized when there was nothing to apologize for. In fact, they should have been praised. But these young SJWs are Stalinists, which is to say they're left-wing fascists. They're fascists, and apologies are just blood in the water to them. This is a crisis in journalism. These are two once great and important newspapers rendered utterly useless by a cadre of small-minded punks who have big educations and no freaking clue, and by the groveling cowards in power who can't stand up to them. They wouldn't be able to do this if the people in management would just stand up to them and say, you're fired if you walk out. One of two things can happen now, journalism can vanish, or it can be reborn because conservatives put up the money and put in the effort to fund the kind of reporting these papers used to do. We fought hard on the internet to make our opinions heard, but now it's time to take over news side. We've got to do it or we're going to lose first journalism, and then the country. All right, let's talk about Paint Your Life, which is a w- really wonderful business that basically takes pictures of you and turns them into absolutely beautiful paintings. I haven't been able to get my hand on mine because it's still in the studio, or I haven't been for months, but you can get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. It's a user-friendly platform. It lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. It's a quick and easy process, and you get the portrait in about three weeks, and they communicate with you all throughout. So you get to uh, put in comments and anything you want. Uh, You can send any picture you want. I sent myself because I just love seeing my own face uh, turned into a painting. Actually, I I just wanted to test it out. So if it went bad, I didn't want somebody else to get ruined, but it turned out so well, I was kind of sorry I didn't get a painting of somebody (laughs) more attractive like my wife. But paint your life. Portraits are a gift that will keep on giving a painter There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded. Uh, you can, and, and right now as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Text the word Andrew to 64,000. That's Andrew to 64,000 text, Andrew to 64,000 paint your life, celebrate the moments that matter most. So we got the mailbag tomorrow. Please come on uh, and subscribe to DailyWire.com. That, that is what you will sound like when the mailbag is over. Come on uh, and subscribe to uh, uh, DailyWire.com. Go to the podcast page. Go to the Andrew Claven podcast. Hit that little mailbag symbol, and you can ask me about anything you want, your personal life, religion, politics. All my answers are guaranteed 100% correct and will change your life. Will they change it for the better? Tune in tomorrow and find out. And we're still doing, we love those video ones. So if you want to send your question as a video under one minute, uh, we will use those too, but we won't uh, penalize people who don't send in a video. Uh, Your questions will just be judged according to the questions. Uh, But we do like the videos if you want to send them in. Heather McDonald is going to be with us later in the show, the best reporter in the country at least at least one of the very, very top reporters in the country. So she will be talking to us about the police, which she knows all about. So every day, 5.20 on the dot, I wake up and I do a news scan. and I go through all the important sites. And on the top one I used to go to used to be Drudge. I would go to the Drudge Report, and that was a really good collection of headlines with a kind of conservative bent, with a conservative bent. Drudge went down the drain. Drudge collapsed. So I thought, okay, this is awful. But I kept going because it was the only thing there. Then Dan Bongino, right, great commentator, he came on and he started the Bongino Report. So I just thought, well, I'll go there instead. I took the Drudge Report off. I put Bongino on my bookmark. So as I hit through my scan, I now hit Dan's site. I, I emailed him today and asked him how the site was doing. He says it's doing great. Their, their traffic is way up. It's up like a, a third. Uh, they're getting lots of good comments from people that they make references to. He set up to replace the Drudge Report. It is one thing to complain when a system goes bad. It's another thing To replace it. That is the point I'm making. So kudos to Dan for actually doing something, not just saying, oh, this is a great moment. So now we've lost the New York Times, The New York Times. I used to go on the New York Times to get good reporting from the left. Now it's useless. I I almost I still go on and scan it quickly, but it's it's useless because I know I can't trust their news. Other people must know that too, right? Other people must know that too, but are we replacing it? We've got a couple of sites up that are new. The Atlantic, the Atlantic Monthly used to be a good site, had a lot of left-wing stuff, but it also had right-wing stuff. Now. Nothing. It's just a left-wing site. It's useless, but have we replaced it? It's one thing to say these things are useless. It's another thing to say they've got to be replaced. And so this is the thing that I'm talking about. This is a crisis. If there are any billionaires out there who want to talk about this, you know where to find me. You can find me at andrewclavin.com and I will talk about it because this needs to be done. We don't need just right-wing sites. We need sites for everybody with a fair and balanced point of view. So, Yesterday, this is, just, this is just on a sideline, but it actually leads into what I'm talking about. Yesterday, the Stalin Youth Group, which is also called Media Matters, uh, they just look at all of them. They look like these smiling Stalin youth, you know, like the Nazi youth used to be these smiling, clean cut blonde boys. That's what they look like over at Media Matters, the Stalin youth, you know. They they got, they were, they got were put out something about me that I had said that Barack Obama made black-white relations worse in this country. And that's just the truth. And the funny thing about it is, is they never commented. They didn't even know how to spell my name. They were afraid spell my name. They just a guy over at the Daily Wire says this terrible thing. What's really interesting about this is they don't even have to say this is untrue. Here's the facts. You know, the, the, no, uh, race relations got better under Obama, which it didn't. They didn't. So I'm right. Of course, I'm obviously right. They just put it out there as if the question were not whether something is true or not, but whether or not it should you should be offended by it. So you these guys, these Stalin Youth Group Media Matters have trained their listeners like dogs, you know, like uh, dogs being trained to drool when a bell rings. Right. They've trained them not to look at whether something is true or not, but simply to check their offense to check their inner lives, whether their little hearts have gone pity pat with offense. That That is what they've been trained to do. They don't even think. So, so that means that in a crowd, in a Black Lives Matter radical terrorist crowd or Antifa radical terrorist crowd, the person is shouting and screaming and they're not even thinking. They're not even thinking, well, wait, is that true? They're not thinking that anymore because they've been trained by Stalinist sites like Media Matters to just check whether they're offended. So I, I say that as a prelude to what I'm going to say, because what I'm going to say is incredibly offensive. Uh, in, in fact, if, if Media Matters is listening, you can get get your tape recorder ready. I have noticed and I've said this before, but it always makes people offended. And they always write to me and say how offended they are. I've noticed that when women start to rise in a profession formerly dominated by men, it means the profession is about to become irrelevant. So I noticed years ago that women were becoming news anchor women. And I thought, oh, TV news must be over. Well, TV news is over, right? Nobody, nobody under my age gets their news from ABC, CBS, or NBC. That's not where people go to get their news. They go online. I noticed recently, uh, more recently, but not that recently, that women directors started to rise. And I thought, oh, m- the cinema must be over. Take a look around. The cinema is over, right? Nobody cares about the cinema anymore. Now, the reason this happens is not because the women are bad at what they do. It has nothing to do with that at all. It's because men do things first. Men go and create things. Whenever I see a t-shirt that says the future is female, I think not so much. You know, if you're talking about business, if you're talking about entertainment, if you're talking about the thing, the, the uh, technology, it's where the young men go that the future is always. So when you see young men suddenly get obsessed with video games, that's gonna be the next thing. And of course it became the next thing. And then the women say, well, you gotta let us in. When they do, it's only because they've moved on to something else. When men let women in, it's because women protest, and it's only because the men have moved elsewhere. So it's a terrible thing to say, right? Because it means women are constantly behind the curve, but they are, they are. In, in this way, in this particular in this particular system, I have noticed now that the best actual journalists in the country, the best gatherers of news, the people who do the investigation, the people who look beneath the surface, who aren't just sitting there, you know, looking at stuff or shouting questions and hoping that they say something offensive and stupid enough to, to uh, go viral. The people who are doing the actual work of reporting are almost all women. I talked, to Heather McDonald is going to be here. A spectacular reporter, a reporter who would just be would not be able to carry her Pulitzer prizes if life were fair, if, you know, if this were a place where we if the Pulitzer prize went to people who did great reporting, it doesn't. It It went last year to people who got everything wrong about the Russian collusion story. Oh, that was so wrong. Here's your Pulitzer. Heather McDonald wins the real Pulitzer, the, the platonic Pulitzer. Kimberly Strassel is doing great reporting uh, at the Wall Street Journal on the Russian collusion hoax and where that started. Catherine Herridge is over at CBS. And Catherine Herridge, I mean, I know she has a lot of great sources uh, in the government, but one of the things she does, she reads documents down to the ground. Cheryl Atkinson was kicked off, kicked out of CBS for doing the kind of work on Barack Obama that they didn't want done. The actual investigative work, same thing she do, did to George W. Bush, it was not a question of party, or being partisan, but when she did it to Obama, they forced her out. All the great reporting in this country right now is being done by women. These great brave, incredibly talented women reporters. And what makes me worried about that is it makes me worried that maybe reporting itself is now obsolete because this is not a moral matter. It's not that men are, are good and women are bad. It's that men go where the next big thing is and they, they're they inventing the next big thing. And I don't see a lot of young men doing this kind of spectacular reporting that these ladies are doing. And that makes me worried that maybe we're not going to be gathering news anymore. It's going to be all opinion. And that's not a good thing for the country. We need to have facts in order to have opinions. It has gotten so much harder for me to get facts, to have opinions about, okay? And so we now have a a journalistic system that is collapsing, it has collapsed. 60% of voters, this is from our friends over at the Media Research Center whom we love so much because they do such a good job as a watchdog on the press. Sixty percent of voters believe some media want the shutdown, the, the Chinese flu, yellow fever shutdown to drag on to hurt Trump in november a new survey released this morning shows that 59.8 percent of likely voters liberal and conservative believe that some members of the media would like to see the coronavirus shutdown drag on so that it hurts president donald trump's chances of re-election so it's not like people can't see this it's not like they're stupid it's that if you don't give them opportunities i'd probably still be going to drudge just because it would be it'd be the only person gathering information if dan hadn't started his site right you've got to answer the collapse with building. You've got to answer the collapse with building. And again, the, the important thing is we don't need new Fox, a new Fox News. We don't need more Sean Hannity's. We don't need more Laura, you know, Laura Ingram's. They do a great job at what they do, but it's very targeted to a specific audience. We need more Brett Bears. We need more people gathering news. We need more Lara Logan's. We need more Heather McDonald's being out there and being funded and being put in Mainstream publications that appeal to everybody that are, do not just appeal to right wingers, we need Heather McDonald to be heard by the people on the left as well, not you know obviously not the far left they don 't care, they 're not reasoning creatures, but i 'm talking about the moderate left who are part of our country, who we need to uh, associate with and compromise with and uh, negotiate with and argue with, or we can 't have a country. We need them to know what Heather McDonald knows. We saw Brendan Straer yesterday on this show. In a conversation with a leftist, screaming leftist BLM protester, and he said, Do you know the facts? And he recited the actual facts that come from Heather McDonald's reporting some of them and from other places. And this woman just screamed obscenities at him, right? Because she has no way to gather that. Her parents have no way to gather that because it's being kept out of the media. We have to build those sites. And if we don't, we're doomed. If we don't, we're not doing our job. We're not, we're letting this this crisis go to waste. I mean, you know, we've been locked down for three months and that's part of this rioting that's going on. Here is, you know, and, and when Donald Trump walked out and went to that church in this kind of bold gesture, the entire media got together, to try and um, to try and make that look like a bad thing. Oh, he gassed the wonderful, mostly, mostly peaceful protesters. Uh, and, and, you know, this, one of the, these people asked Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary, do you regret this now? Of course, that's the media. That's the narrative. Here's cut one
1: really the president is not sorry for the way things went no the president is sorry about uh, the fact that antifa wreaked havoc in our streets and the failure of some members of the media to note that like cnn's chris cuomo said show me where it says protesters are supposed to be peaceful um, well i would point him to the first amendment where it says that you have the right to quote peaceably assemble he should go back and read the constitution um, there are many others out there like don lemon saying that rioting is a mechanism to restructure our country burning down st john's Using uh, a pick to, to literally like carve out, as we saw in that video, uh, concrete from the sidewalk to hurl at officers, that's not peacefully protesting. The actions of, actions of the rioters were not in keeping with the First Amendment. And I think the media needs to recognize there's a discernment between the peaceful protesters, many of whom I've seen, and the rioters. And yes, America will act against rioters. <laughs>
0: it's like watching Species. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that movie with a hot blonde goes and rips people's spines out, you know, when she's an alien or something was just like, like watching, uh, you know, and, and we heard Jonah Goldberg and Chris Wallace complain that she's a, that Kaylee is a, a Twitter, a Twitter troll. And my answer is okay, but where is the voice loud enough to say what she's saying in the mainstream? Nowhere. That's why Trump was sent to the white house. That's why Trump was sent to the white house. If you build New York Timeses that tell the truth, if you build uh, n- n- NBC news that tell the truth, that don't lie, that aren't left wing collapsed left wing organs of corruption, you won't need Donald Trump. You won't need people who are loudmouth and Twitter trolls in the White House. They'll be able to do their job, which is governing the country, while the press does its job, which it has ceased to do—that's the problem with that argument. All right, let's pause for just a second to talk about something truly important, which is Raycon earbuds, wireless earbuds that are so much better than the ones you're probably using now. That make you look like an insect, and do not—they do. I'm sorry. I, no, your your friends won't tell you. I'm telling you, you look like a gigantic beetle when you put those things in your ears. But not Raycon. They're attractive. Plus, they have a, the way they're built. Just. Uh seals your ears so you don't have all this outside noise. They really do muffle the outside noise so you get this clear, beautiful sound. And I use them all the time. I use them for audiobooks when I'm hiking. They block out the wind, which I get a lot of when I'm hiking. And it's really, really a good sound. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. They've got six hours of playtime. They've got seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating Fit. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com/slash claven. That's B U Y buyraycon.com slash Claven for 15% off. Raycon Wireless Earbuds by Raycon.com slash Claven. And if you tap them twice, they tell you how you spell Claven. So that's very useful right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I just made that part up, of course, but the So now you've got this fascinating thing because one of these things about the bubble that the the press creates is it allows the far left to rise to the top before the, you know, there's only two sides on the left. There's the far left that are realists and realize they can't get away with what they want to get away with right away. And then there's the far left that just doesn't care. They're just radicals. They just want to burn everything down right now. And so yesterday they've started, not yesterday, though over the past couple of days, they started this defund the cops movement. And now suddenly the curtains open and they're standing there naked telling people they're not going to be able to call the police anymore. And it's like, uh uh-uh. I mean, this is the genuine divide between the leftist realists and the leftist leftists. So you know, you know, one of one of the things that was funny yesterday was uh, Nancy Pelosi led the uh, the House Democrats in kneeling. I can't believe this. I cannot believe that these people, that kneeling is disrespecting the flag. Unless you are kneeling to God, unless you are kneeling to almighty God, you should not be on your knees, okay? And if you're on your knees, you're uh, imitating Colin Capraface and basically disrespecting the flag. They don't care. They knelt down and and so they're wearing these things that are called... Unbelievable! You know, I love the way I love the way Donald Trump's march to St. John's Church was a photo op. But this is just a tribute to George Floyd. You know, this is not—it's not a photo op when these people kneel down and they're wearing these Kinty African uh, scarves. Uh, Hilarious! And Nancy Pelosi, of course, couldn't get off her knees. I mean, it's like she's an old woman. It's like I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) She had to press press that button, you know, so the guys would come in this time. We're coming to get you, Nancy. Don't worry about it. I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) But, you know, you know, some some people of color, as we're supposed to call them, some of our, our black citizens and not citizens, looked at this and thought, oh, my God, this virtue signaling is treating Black people like children. Oh, now I see a. You're wearing a kinty cloth, so you must be my friend, my friend Uju. I call her Uju because I cannot pronounce her name. Obianuju Ikiyosha, Right, she is a fearless crusader for uh, life, for uh, you know, against abortion, for pro-life, and she basically makes the the argument that. Uh, the West is colonizing Africa by forcing abortion on a culture that does not want it. Uh, she saw these things, and she's an actual African, she lives in Britain now, but she is actually from Africa, and she saw these scarves and she went nuts. This is cut three.
1: Excuse me dear Democrats, in your tokenism, you didn't wait to find out that this thing that you're hanging around your neck is not just some African uniform. It's actually the Kente material. The Kente belongs to the Ghanaian people, mainly the Ashanti tribe. Excuse me, Democrats. Don't treat Africans like we're children. These fabrics and these, you know, colorful things that we have within our culture and tradition, they all mean something to us. I know you You look at us and you say, oh,
0: Africans, you're so cute. Don't treat Africans like children. That's the entire Democrat platform. What are you talking about? So, of course, the same thing happens with this defund the police. They start in, they're shouting, defund the police. They're strutting around. They think the country is with us. And they turn around, the country's going... Huh? you defund the police? you are got to be kidding me. The greatest politician in the country right now is Lisa Bender of the Minneapolis uh, City Council, who is, they're actually serious about this. They're going to remove the police from Minneapolis. So, and you know, I'm bringing marshmallows. I've got some hamburgers. It's July 4th. We'll have fires everywhere. there will be fires everywhere. So we'll be able to cook our burgers and uh, hot dogs. She's on Wolf Blitzer. I mean, this is a question that even Wolf Blitzer could think of. I, like I know asking tough questions of left-wingers is not what CNN, does, not what the news media does. But even Wolf Blitzer, I think he must have just blurted this out in a moment of weakness, asks her, how the hell is that going to work? Let's cut five. What's your reaction? What happens if there's a criminal out there with a gun and starts shooting people? Who's going to respond if there's no police force?
1: Look, it is our top priority to keep every single member of our community safe. And if you look back at the last 150 years of our police department, it is becoming increasingly clear that that model of policing isn't working. So we need to invite in our whole community, the nine members of the city council that came from every corner of our city to stand together to make this commitment. We don't have all the answers. And what we committed to was a community process to help reimagine public safety.
0: So it's not uh, defunding, we're reimagining when we say defunding, what we mean is we're reimagining uh, defunding, just, you know, it does not, when def- the words don't mean, see, this is what you have to understand, the words don't mean what the words mean, it's like men and women, the word man doesn't mean man, the word woman doesn't mean woman, the word defund doesn't mean because they got caught, she looks so bad, so I, you know, I, I hesitate to play another Kaylee McEnany cut, because I, I don't want any of you young men out there to get addicted to SM porn of watching this, this blonde slap middle-aged men around. It's like, I've got to watch this again and again, and again. but she, she delivered, you know, you know what we do when the the left does something stupid, the the press always reports it as Republicans pounce, Republicans pounce. We, we seize pounce and seize. I'm, I can pounce and seize because I'm a a literary lion, but Kelly gave the Trump response. This is cut nine
1: the president is appalled by the defund the police movement. The fact that you have sitting congresswomen wanting to defund the police, notably Rashida Tlaib, notably Biden advisor, AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a former Clinton and Eric Holder spokesperson, Brian Fallon, Wanting to defund our police across this country, it is extraordinary. And when you think the left has gone far and they couldn't possibly go farther, because we all remember the defund ICE movement, they want to defund immigration and custom enforcement, and now they want to defund the police, this is extraordinary. This is rolling back the protective layers that protect Americans in their homes and in their places of business. He's appalled by it. And it's uh, remarkable to hear this coming from today's Democrat Party.
0: Just to add to the pornographic thrill of it, because this is right wing porn, but it's all, all true. I mean, that's what makes it point. We only like our porn when it's true. AOC then says, you called me, you called me a Biden uh, advisor instead of a councilwoman. Uh, That's because I'm a person of color. So you're a bigot. (laughs) It's like, it's like, like, wait, the left wing playwright book, you're a bigot because you called me. But in fact, she did call her a councilwoman first. uh, So Kaylee just kind of stomped her. It was like that scene, you know, you remember the old old, old movie Godzilla meets Bambi, where it's just Bambi. And then suddenly Godzilla's foot comes down and flattens her. That was Kaylee against AOC. <laughs> it was Godzilla meets Bambi. So now they're stuck with this stupid, stupid idea. And and of course, even left wing mayors. I mean, in uh, in D.C., Muriel Bowser, who by the way still has not released Princess Peach to Super Mario. Uh, <laughs> Muriel Bowser, <laughs> I'm sorry, they're just so dumb. I can't stop laughing. Muriel Bowser says, "Yeah, the defund. It doesn't mean it means something else than besides defund, it was cut six.
1: I think that a, lo- a lot of people have different meanings for um, what they mean when they say defund the police. And as I've listened and read, I think most people are saying that they want reform uh, and that they want good policing. Uh, and certainly uh, we don't paint uh, all police departments or all cities uh, in the same position on the pathway to reform.
0: Because yeah, defund, when we say defund, we don't mean Defund. We don't mean defund because if you take away defund, City is going to burn down to the ground. So we don't want that to happen. You know, I mean, these are, you know, mayors, mayors are executives of big entities and they can't all be like that guy, Jacob. I called him Fry yesterday. Is it pronounced Frey? Maybe it's pronounced Frey uh, or maybe it's just pronounced Afraid. I'm not sure. It could be just pronounced frady or frady or uh, Scaredy or something like that. But anyway, you know, he's, he's a clown. I mean, he's a clown. Most mayor's and so is de Blasio and so is Garcetti, by the way. I mean, when they're dealing with these things, these cities that are so big that they don't feel the effects of stupid policies right away and when they are all one party, they can do that for a lot longer period of time. But in a city, you feel the effects eventually and even people on the left, you know, I've been I've been traveling, I travel to New York all the time and I keep saying to people, this guy's going to destroy your city and they, no, 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 the city's fine. The city's doing great. The city's great. Now it's locked down. It's burned down. It's a, a mess. It happens very, very quickly. You know, it's like going broke. You know, you do it slowly and then very quickly. And that's what's happened in New York City because of Mayor de Blasio. But mayors have to run things. And a responsible mayor like uh, Mayor Bowser here, uh, you know, knows that she can't do this garbage. She can't put this left wing fantasy world into the real world. Her city will be destroyed. And so you know, they've gotten caught at this. And this too is part of the press. If the press had been there, it would have in some ways kept the left from traveling so far to the left. It would have kept them from being radicalized. It would have done so much. It would do so much to us to have a fair press. Who's going to do it? Who's going to bell the cat? Who's going to start to build the kind of organs we need to actually spread true news to all the people, not just to right wingers. All right. We are going to talk just a bit. Uh, about this Reader's Pass promo. This is is a great deal, okay? If you you want the news, right? Everything is going nuts. We're talking about the news. Where are you going to get the news that's not from the leftist media? Well, one place you can go is The Daily Wire. We are doing the best we can to bring you the news and we will give you a membership tier. This is a bargain membership tier. It's $3 a month normally, but if you join today, you get your first month for 99 cents. So what do you get? You get access to our mobile app, which is great. You get uh, push notifications for breaking news and special contents. You get to join the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing our content with each other. That's mobile ad-free access to all of The Daily Wire news, exclusive op-eds, and more on our mobile app, all for the low price of one buck. And best of all, your dollars are getting you the news you need without the left to spin. So head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. We have got the great Heather McDonald. Have we got to, I, I'm going to, I'm going to actually look because now I've learned that I can see, there she is. We have got the spectacular uh, Heather McDonald coming right up in just a sec. All right. As I already said, Heather McDonald is the best reporter in the country. She is as good a reporter as there is in the country. She's the Thomas W. Smith Fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a contributing editor of City Journal. She's also a New York Times bestselling author. Her latest book is The Diversity Delusion, which I actually haven't read yet. It's the only one of her books I haven't read. But she is just terrific and she is incredibly courageous, both in what she says and what she does. Heather, it is always great to see you. How are you doing?
2: Great. Well, we've got a Santa Ana condition here, so you know, summer heat coming early. We got to open the pools, get rid of this coronavirus hysteria, because otherwise, the cities are going to burn <laughs> even faster than they've already started.
1: Well,
0: all you have to do is just go out to your pool with a Black Lives Matter sign, and then you're immune. It's uh, that, <laughs> it works every time.
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll start turning on their own at some point. You know, we're going to have some. Let's have some internal assassinations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you you know, you have been covering the police all this time. You're watching this defund the police movement. You're watching this police or racist movement. Well, just I, I just ask you a general question. What are your thoughts? I mean, it must look like com- like everybody's gone insane.
2: Well, it's a repeat of the 2015, 2016 insanity, but a thousand times worse. It's it's like we're now in the middle of a cyclone and I explain that by the fact that we've been through another five years of academic victimology being pumped into the body politic so the the idea that america is inherently white supremacist is now widely embraced we saw it embraced during the democratic primaries before the coronavirus thankfully canceled those Uh, and uh, so now we're living with the effects of of the academic takeover of our culture, uh, and it's it's an amazing thing. I mean, I get every five minutes people are sending me another uh, six emails of both college presidents and and leaders of our major institutions capitulating. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, mm. You know, you're jocular, Drew, which is always the best way to be as we go down fighting. But it's very hard <laughs> to remain optimistic during this. It's it's really stunning between. The slow motion destruction of the American economy and civilization—that was the result of the coronavirus shutdowns and the and the mass hysteria of that—and then now the torching of them—it's it's really hard to see what what is left standing. And certainly meritocracy is not going to be left standing. Uh, there's you know there, if we thought we had a system of of racial preferences and quotas beforehand, uh, now. Uh, Forget it. You know, everything is from here on in going to be decided on the basis of of race. And I'm sure the feminists will will get in on the coattails of this and demand uh, even more strict sex preferences as well.
0: Last night I was watching Bill Barr on the Brett Baier show, the attorney general, and, uh, you know, and, and he was he was being sympathetic to the cause, the, the idea that, you know, black people get stopped, you know, honest black people get stopped by the police. We all know this is true. I mean, I think that honest uh, guys do get uh, pulled over. Uh, maybe they get different treatment. I think my interchange with a cop is going to be different than a black guy's interchange with a cop. Is there anything here that we can say that that will you know, cross that we can speak across the divide. Is there any uh, common ground here at all or, or, or is it all delusion?
2: Well, years ago, when we had the Sean Bell shooting in New York City, this was the guy that was uh, doing a bachelor party celebrating and and uh, the, his, his entourage was spotted outside of a nightclub in Queens. Looked like they had a gun. And. Uh, led the police on a chase and Bell was shot fatally, A attorney for one of the detectives associations said to me, we would be willing to concede that police officers may be a little faster, a split second faster in using lethal force when confronting what they believe to be a black Armed suspect. If the other side would be willing to concede that the reason that that's the case is because of the massively astronomically higher rates of shootings and and violent crime within the black community, so uh, you know, to your question of is it is there something correct about police different differential treatment? Uh, It it probably is the case, I mean, that that police officers are more on their guard in black car stops. The fact of the matter is, Drew, that a cop is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male is to be killed by a cop. Black males are 6% of the nation's population. They've made up 42% of all cop killers. Over a decade, uh, so that's the case. On the other hand, as far as like the car stops being blacks are more likely to be pulled over. You know, I'm not sure I'm willing to give on that one because certainly at night, it's a fiction that anybody can see uh, the driver of a car coming up behind. And I've written about black cops, and they tell me that if they stop a black driver, the first thing out of that driver's mouth is "You only stop me because I'm black." And the cop will say, no, I stopped you because you're speeding uh, or you <laughs> ran a red light. There was a study done of yeah. New Jersey uh, driving behavior after the one of the inaugural lawsuits that were brought against a police department, the New Jersey state troopers in the late 1990s. The, and the New Jersey attorney general caved to the charge of racial profiling on the Garden State Parkway and, and the New Jersey Turnpike. After the New Jersey AG had already sold out the cops and, and inflicted a consent decree on them, the union asked the same statistical outfit that had worked for the state to actually look at driving behavior, which you would think is where you start. You know, If the charge is you're pulling over XYZ group at a higher rate, what you got to look is how are the group's behaving but this was never occurred to anybody that to get an actual driving benchmark so they did a very massive study they looked at tens of thousands of drivers with cameras and and assessing who the drivers were who were speeding and what they found out was that on the new jersey turnpike in the garden state parkway blacks sped at twice the rate of whites and if mm. you looked at speeds over 90 miles an hour the difference was even greater so, I've talked to cops in inner city areas, and they say the driving behavior that we see in, say, over the Rhine in Cincinnati is unbelievable. Uh, so, you know, if blacks are pulled over at a high rate, I'm not fully willing to concede that that is out of uh, some kind of profiling behavior and not largely driven by driving behavior.
0: Uh, you know, I want to ask one more question about on in this direction and then go back to what you, to your original statement about the academies. But just one last question. The, the cop, this guy Chauvin, who uh, who killed George Floyd, he, lo- he looked like he really did not know what he was doing. He looked a bit out of control to me. Uh, you know, I'm waiting for the facts, but it, there are bad cops. There's nine hundred thousand cops in the country. They're going to be bad cops. Do right. unions make it harder to weed out the bad cops? Is there a reform that could be made there that would help get bad cops out of the out of the system?
2: Yeah, some unions do. There's there's a range of unions. There's some that are very powerful, others less so. I don't think the New York police unions are particularly powerful. But I've talked to chiefs who I really respect, such as Ed Flynn, former chief of Milwaukee, one of the few courageous cops that is actually willing to talk about the fact that policing is driven by crime and the highest crime rates, you know, without question, or in the black community, but he has said that yes, it it can be very frustrating to try to get rid of of bad cops, and they are immediately reinstated. So that is something that obviously I think there there could be common ground on. Uh, obviously, the unions are going to say that big city police chiefs are often driven by politics. And especially in left-wing cities, you know, the mayor controls the, the fate of the chief. And they are very worried about their officers being turned into scapegoats uh, because a scalp is required. So it's a tough issue. Uh, but it, it is definitely the case that the chiefs do feel like their hands are often tied. You talk to the cops. uh and you know, I've written a lot about cops, and I will admit they can be a pain in the butt. I mean, they are—they gripe all the time. They, there's never a commissioner they like. Uh, they are very hunkered down, very in their bunker. But it's understandable. Uh, they feel that the world is against them, and it is, as we've just seen. Mm. So they will defend their union privileges to the hilt as something that is necessary to protect them in a, a world that, that views them with contempt, uh, and derision.
0: You know, when we started this conversation, I asked you about the police and you went right and you went, your mind went right to the Academy. And I took me a minute yeah. to process that. And I just want to go back to it because it's such an interesting idea. You see a cha- you, you're not doing that at random. You see a chain of dissolution from the Academy to the streets. And could you describe that chain? I'm, I'm, I am i do not want to run out of time, but it, Can you describe that chain? And is there anything, is there a way to fight back? Is there a place to start to take that, that, to break that chain?
2: Well, what I've been warning about for years, Drew, is the power of the myth of bias, which is that comes out of the academy, says that the only allowable explanation for ongoing socioeconomic and racial disparities is bias. You're not allowed to talk about behavior. So Let's be very honest. What you know, what we're talking about now is is racial inequalities, and and what we have heard from the academy for the last thirty years is that is by definition the result of of uh, white supremacy and discrimination. You are not allowed to talk about behavior. You're not allowed to talk about personal responsibility. You're not allowed to talk about the fact that if we're talking about poverty, the greatest predictor of poverty is growing up in a single parent household not that there's great not great single mothers out there who are working against the odds, raising their children well, uh, providing support, providing discipline, providing a role model but beyond poverty which I think is the least relevant issue for raising a child, children in single parent homes are more far more likely to grow up as criminals. Uh, and that's not allowed to be said in the academy. Now we're seeing that writ large, the white supremacy idea, the myth of bias is now everywhere. It's everywhere. As I say, we are going to see demands for racial quotas. You're going to have corporate CEOs, the boardrooms, everything. Everything is now going to be determined. Any disparity in any institution. Uh, is gonna be chalked up to bias. We are not allowed to look at the fact that 40% of black eighth graders nationwide don't even score basic in math and reading mm-hmm. on the National Assessment of Educational Progress compared to maybe 5 or, 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 or 10% of whites and Asians who are below basic. Uh, when you, And that, that achievement gap does not close over time, it does not close throughout high school, it does not close getting into college. And yet we're supposed to believe that if there's not 13% black engineers at Google, uh, despite the fact that there's a 200 point SAT gap in math and reading, it it can't be because of the pipeline and they're not being qualified applicants, it can only be because Google The most left wing corporation in the country is somehow discriminating against highly qualified black computer scientists and engineers. It's ludicrous, but I can guarantee you, just watch. We are going to now see every institution being scoured for racial bean counting. And the pressure is going to be enormous in newsrooms, in publishing houses, more than we've already been seeing, which is already very large.
0: Hmm. Heather, you know, I always say we're laughing our way through the uh, fall of, yeah. uh, the, of the West. Uh, but uh, if I have any, I'm if su- I have any hope that the West won't fall, it's because of great reporting and courageous honesty uh, like yours. Plus, it's always just great to see you. Uh, so, thank you for coming on. I hope you'll come back.
2: Thank you, Drew. I appreciate it.
0: Always great to see you. All right, folks, I'm going to have to stop there because we went a little long, but we will be back tomorrow with the mailbag. You want to go on and subscribe, go to the uh, podcast page, go to the Andrew Claven podcast, hit that little mailbag button. All your problems will be solved. I mean, come on, that is a pretty good deal. All your problems solved right here on The Andrew Klavan Show. I'm Andrew Klavan. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Siavitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jessua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about